in the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Giver of Life. We read in last week's Gospel that Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I imagine that at that moment, Peter was feeling pretty good. Not only had he come up with the right answer, but he was also going to be the foundation of the movement. Keep in mind that many at that time believed that the long-awaited Messiah would deliver the people from Roman oppression. Now, we cannot know what Peter thought. However, it would not surprise me if his thoughts were something like this. Wow, this is the guy, the Messiah, and I'll be working with him. Together we will get the Roman knee off our necks, and we will be able to practice our faith in our lives without fear or oppression. We will finally be treated with dignity and respect. And as we build this community together, he will teach and heal while I run our programs. This is going to be great. Fast forward to this week's gospel, when Jesus tells the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. When Peter hears this, he takes Jesus aside and says, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. Peter must have been crushed. All of his hopes and dreams turn to dust if Jesus is right. How can the Messiah, the Chosen One, the Deliverer, save the people if he lets the authorities treat him like a common felon and kill him? No, Peter must have thought. No way this can happen. It would ruin my plans. And then to make matters worse, Jesus says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus knows what Peter was thinking, and he calls Peter out. It would not be too hard to see that Peter would have been crushed. If the Messiah was not going to overthrow the Romans and be the savior of the people, then there would be no church. Peter would not be the rock, the foundation, and the leader of this new movement after all. Jesus then reminds everyone that they must put aside their desires and instead seek to follow the path that God has ordained. Jesus promises that if they stay with him and follow his lead, 
that will be its reward. You can almost hear Peter say, all right, I'll try. But I don't see how your suffering and death will make things better for our people. And to be honest, I don't know about this resurrection business. It can be challenging sometimes to understand how being humble, trusting, faithful, and nonviolent is the antidote to evil, oppression, and hatred. It is not uncommon for us to want to hurt others when we have been hurt, when we see or experience injustice. Righteous anger can arise in our hearts and we want to punish those who transgress against us. Our fears tell us to let the world know that we are not weak and powerless. We are tempted to fight back and take an eye for an eye. Unless, of course, we are followers of Jesus Christ. Our Messiah asks us to follow his example for how to deal with those who try to diminish and dehumanize us. It can be a challenging path to walk when one has been beaten, spat upon, ridiculed, and poorly treated. One needs to be spiritually fit with a deep commitment to our faith to bless those who persecute us to bless them and to not curse them. In today's epistle, we are asked to not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. And if it is possible, so far as it depends on us, live peaceably with all. We are encouraged to rejoice in hope be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, and to overcome evil with good. Folks, you have to be prayed up to stay on that road to righteousness. A few weeks ago, our virtual Sunday service was interrupted by someone who said and did some hurtful things that could have been the focus of the moment. I must admit my first thoughts were neither, neither understanding nor compassion. A bubble of resentment was making its way to the surface of my mind when our pastor asked us to be quiet for a moment and then pray for the person who tried to be so hurtful. It was then that I realized that when one has been hurt, why it is so important to turn to God for assistance immediately. As we sincerely prayed for the person who lashed out in anger, we were also inviting God to be present with us. In asking God to be with us and guide us, we automatically diminish the power of evil. For where God is, evil cannot remain. As I continue to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ, and as I contemplate how to take up my cross 
of forgiveness and compassion. I find it helpful to learn about contemporary people who exemplify how to live through times of continuing oppression, hatred and anger with grace and love. My thoughts now turn to John Lewis, who died on July 17th this year. Catherine Q. Seeley of the New York Times described Representative Lewis as a son of sharecroppers and an apostle of nonviolence who was bloodied at Selma and across the Jim Crow South in the historic struggle for racial equality and who then carried a mantle of moral authority into Congress. As the tributes poured in after his death, I learned things I never knew about this man who despite beatings, arrests, and ill treatment, continued to respond with nonviolence and forgiveness. He was a man of faith who lived as he believed. And by doing so, he showed all of us how to respond to evil with dignity, courage, and kindness. Before he died, Mr. Lewis wrote an essay to be published after his death. He wrote in part, while my time here has now come to an end, I want you to know that in the last days and hours of my life, you inspired me. You filled me with hope about the next chapter of the great American story when you used your power to make a difference in our society. Millions of people, motivated simply by human compassion, laid down the burdens of division. Around the country and the world, you set aside race, class, age, language, and nationality to demand respect for human dignity. He also wrote, although I am gone, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and to stand up for what you truly believe. Let us all answer our highest calling and show the world what we believe, that through Jesus Christ, goodness, redemptive love, and mercy is the path to eternal life.